had been a dud when it had come to the Spectre world. What does that mean? Keep in mind that old prudence isn't your typical spook. Do you think I'll be able to see all sorts of ghosts now? If so, you'll be the mayor of Nutterville by Christmas. Ten minutes later, he parked my Honda behind Calamity Jane Realty, next to the Picklemobile, Harvey's old green pickup. Since I was no longer in need of the exhaust-belching beast, Harvey had loaned her to Doc to drive during the winter. Doc's sexy 1967 Camaro SS now sat safe and sound in storage. He's really cleaned her up, I said to Harvey while looking at the old pickup. You should hear her purr now, he told me, pushing open his door. Doc knows his way around under the hood. The boy has magic hands. He sure did, I thought with a small grin. Harvey waited for me while I collected my purse and tried my best to tuck away my bewilderment about Wanda's death for the time being. We rushed through the lot, the wind whipping about our loose ends. Since Doc's office was in the building next to Calamity Jane Realty, we headed in the same direction. At Doc's back door, Harvey handed me my keys. You gonna be okay in there? I nodded. The freezing air had bitch-slapped me back to life. I just needed to downshift for a moment, but I'm up to speed now. I'll join you two as soon as I can. He patted my shoulder. I like the grit in your gizzard, girl. I started toward the back door of my office, but then stopped. Are you okay, Harvey? Prudence was pretty heavy-handed with you back there. I feel like I got my tongue caught in my eye teeth, and I couldn't see what I was saying there for a bit, he stroked his beard. But I'm coming back to my usual way of thinking now. That's too bad, I joked, but then sobered. Thank you for coming with me this morning. Just doing my job, Sparky. After dodging my pinching fingers, he pushed inside Doc's door. A blast of chilly air chased me into Calamity Jane's, Violet, Jerry called from out front, where I usually sat along with the three other real estate agents on his payroll. I kept my coat on, since I hoped not to stay long. My boss appeared to have relocated to Mona Hollister's desk. His paperwork filled the area where her laptop usually reigned. His extra-long ex-professional basketball player legs stuck a few feet out the back of the desk, and his elbows extended to the sides. If Thor were to get an office gig, this was what I imagined he'd look like, stuffed behind a desk. What the heck? Where was Mona? And why was Jerry working from her seat? He had a nice office of his own down the hall, with a large desk and fancy leather chair that fit his oversized body perfectly. Hi, Jerry. I dropped my purse on my desktop. Is Mona okay? Sure. She took the day off, so she won't be lacing up and hitting the court with us today. Jerry spoke fluent, sportuguese, thanks to spending over half of his life suffering from acute basketball-itis. He eyed me up and down, as usual. That outfit looks nice. Those boots really make a statement with your red coat. Thanks. I waited for the but that I was certain would follow. But... 
You might want to dress it up with a wool pea coat that still has all of the buttons next time. There it was. Buttons. Got it. Stupid chicken. Jerry had taken it upon himself to be in charge of my wardrobe. Every day he gave me his opinion of the ensemble I had selected, whether I wanted it or not. Knowing his intent was to help my career kept my temper in check when I wasn't dressed to his standards— but that didn't stop me from wanting to kick him in the shin periodically. What did you need to talk to me about? He sat back. You want to take your coat off first? I shook my head. I dropped off the keys at the Carhartt house, or rather the Britain house. Congratulations again on making that sale. His proud smile made me feel like I'd scored a winning basket for the team. I dipped my chin, acknowledging his words and then continued, I need to run over to Detective Cooper's place and make sure it's ready for the viewing tomorrow.